When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Hope you're having a lovely Wednesday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Thanks for being with us. Make sure you smash that like button for us on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube page as well. Podcasters, follow, subscribe, like, and review, all that great stuff. A five-star review is very, very helpful. Uh, today, the three of us, plus Casey, our social media coordinator, we're at the Rocky Wirtz uh, Memorial Ceremony at the United Center, uh, and that's what we're going to talk about for the bulk of the show today. I know a lot of people had the chance to uh, watch it. Uh, it was it was on NBC Sports Chicago. It was streamed on the Blackhawks YouTube page. Um, so I know a lot of people have some thoughts on it, but I just want to start with, you know, we walk in, fellas. They had all the media in various, um, what do you call it, skyboxes that were looking down on the uh, looking down on the service and. Boy, it was almost it was pretty incredible to see how they converted the United Center into a like very intimate um, spot for a memorial. Like it's yeah. it was almost like being in a different building. Yeah. They had the curtain off and the stage lengthwise as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, if you're there for a concert, the stage is usually in the yeah. one corner. So they had it all they literally cut the building in half. Um yeah, it was kind of a somber mood to go in i mean they did a great job and i think we all expected that any any for for the last number of years anytime they do a special event whether it's a theme night if it's native american history night or it's you know retiring a number or bringing back an old player when anytime they do a special event nobody does it better than the blackhawks yeah. so you knew it was going to be nicely done they had the logo on stage which we found out was flowers made of flowers mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had the, everybody was wearing pins and they had the low, you know, the, the Rocky pins, the black circle with Rocky in it. I think we can assume that'll be, yeah, that's going to be on the, the jersey, the jersey or, or helmet patch, whatever. Probably they end up on doing. the ice behind the goals as well. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the atrium, when you walked in, had the big in memorial banners, which I'm sure are going to be there all season. I would imagine so. Um, yeah. you know, and they had a nice little, it was a little weird having the intro to Hawks games played right before it. I was a little like, okay, but then I got it because yesterday's private uh, funeral service at the Fourth Presbyterian Church, that was to remember Rocky, the man, the father, the grandfather, the friend. Yeah. Today was about remembering Rocky, the Blackhawks. Well, that's what they call it, remembering the legacy. Or yeah. I think is what it said. So it was, it, was, uh, it was a little weird to get the the beating of the drums and the hype up video. And, and the Chelsea cut. dagger on the organ afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I mean, I think it's probably what Rocky wanted. He I would wants imagine to be so. remembered as the guy that won three cups with the Blackhawks. Yeah. But they also had a kind of a cool video montage of Rocky in memoriam after that and i'm pretty sure we're going to see that 
on a nightly basis too. Yeah, and the uh, as we were waiting for the event to begin, as people were sort of finding their seats, they had a constant like loop of family photos of Rocky as a child and Danny, a younger Danny Wirtz and Rocky with Bill. And I think there was one with even Arthur Wirtz yeah. uh, towards the end of his life. And it's, it's interesting as we look at these people like from a distance, right. Of these kind of larger than life characters um, to see them all in those photos, just kind of living life. Like, they're on vacation. They're at yeah. the zoo. They're wherever. Yeah. Just There's like pictures around a Christmas tree with dogs, like things that we all do. Like right, it's, it, right. It humanized. It did humanize the, for yeah. sure. And I think that was a big part of what a lot of the well, pretty much everybody had to say today about Rocky was it didn't matter if you were the lowest paid employee or a CEO of a, of United Airlines. Rocky treated you the same. And that was kind of the gist that everybody gave him. And I have to say, like in, in my limited interactions with him, and just sort of observing him, that that does track. Like, he, he always seemed to have time for the fans. Most of the time had a smile on his face, was very accessible, very approachable. Uh, kind of the opposite of what Bill was. As, as I was growing up a Hawks fan, Bill Wirtz was like this guy up in this you know, imagine like Castle Grayskull yeah. with the lightning crashing he was, he was in the tower. Yeah, yeah, like really. And it, I, I don't think I ever saw Bill Wirtz in person. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever past him you know what i mean i saw bob holford once but it was probably a reason bill wirtz never showed up at games and stuff yeah he probably was tired of being called four letter words well look but rocky had his name chanted at the united States, and that's the juxtaposition a lot of and i was kind of surprised by how aggressively some people were pointing that out today like pat foley for sure was like you could hear a pin drop you could hear yeah. you know pucks hitting sticks the way yeah. in here and it was so empty and the, and the franchise was dead and if you're if that's happening at the memorial of the former owner's son you know it was bad and it, and it was and and i think rocky deserves a lot of credit not just for doing the obvious putting games on tv paying your best players treating people with respect pretty generally Baseline easy things, things yeah. but just in general just making the organization feel more accessible felt like it belonged to the city right it really felt like the city rallied around the team and they had ownership of it whereas when it was bill it was his team and it went the way he wanted all the time and i think it was pat foley again who told the story about how stan makita asked for tickets to bring his friends to a game yeah and bill Ward said yeah sure and then sent him an invoice yeah. for the yeah. tickets pretty typical Charging for it rocky was the polar opposite of his father in every way shape and form as an owner and probably intentionally too i think so too i mean he's grown up seeing that like what are we doing here mm-hmm. yeah. and immediately made that call as soon as he took over to get those home games on tv yeah i, mean, I, I have told this story before on the show but you know I, the first time i took my dad on my season tickets i don't know if it was the first time but i took my dad to a game when i had season tickets and it was before the first cup so i think it was like oh nine and this would be when rocky would sit in the stands at the games and they put him on the big screen yep. during a stoppage play and 21,000 people started chanting rocky rocky my dad was like my dad started going to blackhawk games during the arthur words era and he lived through the entire bill words era was a season ticket holder that yeah and he looked at me and said, I never thought I would see the day where a member of the Wirtz family would get a standing ovation at a Blackhawks game. He's yep. like, this is incredible. Yeah, it really was. Why don't we hear from Pat Foley? Um, Darren Pang was kind of the master of ceremonies. He did a great job, as, as you would expect he did. Uh, but Pat Foley was the second person to speak, and he had, he had some nice things to say about Rocky. 
One more question today. Is Rocky Wirtz the most important Chicago Blackhawk ever? Look, there have been a lot of great coaches come through here, a lot of general managers, a bunch of spectacular hockey players, everything from Hall of Famers to people who have their numbers hanging from the rafters, to role players. You know, every good team, you have to have a role and be willing to accept and execute. So all those guys meant something to Rocky Wirtz. And he did not revitalize this franchise. I don't think that does him justice. I believe he saved it. And again, the Blackhawks, when he took over, were irrelevant in this time. Uh, and Rocky made you feel welcome. I'm sure many of you had this interaction. We all knew where he sat. He'd be right up there in the corner. Among the fans, his security guy, Kenny, would be hanging around, but he was never needed because religiously people are coming up to Rocky, will you sign my hat? Can I take a picture with you? He was always welcoming, always affable. He was a fun, fun-loving guy. Uh, he was very much a giver. So I'm not going to take a lot of your time. I just uh, appreciate the opportunity to say a couple of words about a great man. Rest in peace to the most important Chicago Blackhawk ever, William Rockwell Wirtz. That's an interesting question that Foley raised, and I know, you know, Mario, we were talking before the show, and I don't want to paraphrase you, but, you know, it's an interesting question. Like, how important was he in the, in the eyes of the, of the organization? Yeah, I mean, I, I think through this time of like reflecting on okay what it what did he do as as owner and, and chairman of the Blackhawks since, since he took over and, and to up to this point now and for putting the Blackhawks back into a position to succeed uh and not focus on like oh we just you know want to hold on to our money as much as possible like spend money to make money right like that was the approach that he brought and that's what ended up happening putting the games on tv uh marketing the team uh in in ways that hadn't been done before and making like you said like making the team feel more like it's the city of chicago's team rather than just oh it's the Wurtz corporation's entity um and being able to you know have the connection to the past as well like bringing back some fans that had left because of how things uh, were going in the 90s and, and in early 2000s and bringing, you know, bringing mending relationships with, uh, with Pat Foley himself and then, you know, uh, Stan Makita and Bobby Hall and all those uh, legends and uh, bringing them all back into the fold. It's obviously very important to make the Blackhawks feel relevant again and, and feel like they were going in the right direction coming back from in 2004 being called the worst sports organization in america um and those are all great those are all great things and that takes absolutely nothing away from him being the most important figure for the organization to have the chance to get to where it ended up getting to um so i i in that in that regard um you can't and I don't think you can argue that um, I just th I, I just think the it's a very nice thing of Pat Foley to say that he's the greatest most important Blackhawk um, 
I just think you can compartmentalize that conversation a little bit differently. Yeah. But, it, but he's also not technically wrong. Yeah. What I would say. Yeah. It starts, I mean, every successful organization starts with an owner that wants to win. Right. Every owner's going to tell you they want to win, yeah. but a lot of them are full of crap. We got some of those guys in our town. You know, the United Center is shared by a guy that, you know, probably doesn't give a rat's ass about I, mean, I want to win as long as I don't have to pay the luxury tax. Right, exactly. Right. If, I, if I can win with a bunch of league minimum guys, I'm all for it. Yeah. So you have to have the guy that at the top, and he definitely was. And we mentioned the things. Like, a lot of the things he did right away were the easy decisions. And you still got to get the right people in place. Right. You mm-hmm. still got to get a little luck. You know, yeah. getting Patrick Kane, winning the lottery to get Patrick Kane, having Jonathan Taves drop to third the following right. year, you know. But it starts with your owner saying, I don't care what it takes. Go get Marion Hosa. Go. Mm-hmm. Before it was Marion Hosa, it was the year before. It was Brian Campbell and Christopher Huey. That was the summer that opened up my eyes. Going, yeah. Whoa, this is different. Sure, they got some nice young players that are starting to gel, but they never go out and get. They never got free agents in in their prime. Yeah, it was always the aging guy. They'd get Doug Gilmore five years too late. They'd get Peter Bondra five years too late. You know, go hit the Penguins. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the eye opener. And then when it was when Hosa came the next year, it was like, yeah, what planet am I on? Right. Like this is not what the Blackhawks do. So I think Rocky wanted to be the exact opposite of his dad. Well, it's, it's funny. You know, with the, the booming personality, yeah. with the willingness to win, yes. the spending money. That was not, that was never Bill Wirtz. Ever. So uh, Larry in the chat says, but didn't Bill also bring in Javi Bullen, a coin in the point? That's, those are perfect examples of guys past or prime who had their best years behind them, who came here and Javi Bullen was good. Mm-hmm. He yeah. played well. Right. He, he kind of coming off a Stanley performed as expected, here. but LaCoin, but LaPointe and LaCoin were at the tail ends of their careers and that was it for them like it's just you know th- that was the that was the stereotypical Bill Wirtz kind of a move whereas Hosa and it's not just Hosa like you said Campbell QA then even like you look at something like signing a backup goalie like Ray Emery making the trade for Antoine Vermette or Johnny Odea like never afraid to bring in high cost high profile players and the, the theme that kept coming back today was apparently Rocky's catchphrase. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Figure out a way to win a Stanley Cup. They figured it out three times. And th- that is what, when you, when you drew, draw up your ideal sports owner, it's unlimited money and a burning desire to win. Yeah, That's what Cubs fans thought they were getting with the Rickets. They did win, so you got to give them credit with that. But since then, it's been tight pockets, you know, not really... Yeah. Spending the way they should. Yeah, the Blackhawks the ended for the Rickets real fast. Yeah, and as as soon as Rocky took over, it was an instant shift in the way the Blackhawks thought about things. And I can't think of a more ideal run of hockey management, on ice management from an owner. Yeah, and hopefully, I have zero doubts that Danny's going to be the same way. Oh, I, yeah, I, I absolutely. Don't, I think the team is in good hands going forward. I think Danny. And Rocky have a lot of similar qualities, very similar personalities. Uh, and Danny wants to win too. You yeah. know, he was, a, you know, we saw all those pictures today of, of a much younger 
much less professionally hairstyled Danny Wirtz <laughs> with those Stanley Cups, yeah. you know. And there's no doubt he wants to do that, not only for his legacy, but to continue the legacy that his yeah. dad started. I think that's very important to him. Um, I think, yeah, I think the point that you've made about, like, Rocky learning from his dad and doing the opposite, right. I think Danny probably learned from his dad and wants to emulate a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and, and then try and, you know, take things maybe a step further in, in, in his own way. And you know, Danny got a lot of, you know, was got a lot of praise too today um, from, you know, uh, Darren Pang was, was, was heaping some praise on him about, you know, the good hands that the organization uh, is, is, is going to be in with, with Danny at the, uh, at the head of everything. And yeah, I, I think we've, you know, we've, we've talked with Danny, we've interacted with him a number of times and I think we all get the same uh, feeling that, you know, now that he is in the position that he's, that he's in, um, you know, the, the expectation should be, you know, the, to get back to that same style of, of, ownership same style of management where it's like doing the right things the right way to get to a place where you know that success is success comes at a cost but it's worth it so and i and i think danny has that mentality he experienced it he was there through he was there yeah when there was nobody in the building when his dad took over to being in Grant Park with a hundred thousand people celebrating, like yeah. he knows what it means when the Blackhawks are at top of the hockey world for his organization for the city. He, he wants that. There's zero doubt in my mind. And you know, as we've talked many times since coming on the air, we feel that the regime is in place to get to get the team back there. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. So Scott Powers uh, published a piece today. Um, and there's a little note, I think we'll probably spend more time on this later in the week, but about Danny Wirtz, uh, he says it didn't make much news outside of the business world, but Danny Wirtz became the chairman and president of Wirtz Corp last week, succeeding his father. That puts Danny atop the Wirtz empire, which includes many businesses, including the Blackhawks. Eventually, Danny is expected to succeed his father as Blackhawks chairman too, but that doesn't seem to be a priority right now. It'll be interesting to see where his focus will be with all of the businesses. He's, he has given Jamie Faulkner and Kyle Davidson a lot of freedom in their positions with the Blackhawks, and that could allow him to focus elsewhere if needed. And look, that, that's, that might sound like not great news for Hawks fans, but that is an owner saying, you are hired to run the hockey Kyle Davidson, run the hockey. Yeah, Jamie, you are hired to run the business. Run the business. Yep. And, of course, run things through me if it's a major thing, right? If it's going to sign Austin Matthews or Leon Dreisaitl, Danny would probably have to sign off on something like that. Right. Of course. Or trading. Uh, there's not really any franchise icons left, but, you know, tra- <laughs> making a major trade like a right. Patrick Kane trade, Danny would probably have to sign off on that, something like that. But... It seems like what Danny's going to do is just let his people run the show, yeah, yeah. which is what you want. And Brent Seabrook, who we're going to get to here in a minute, earlier in his speech sort of acknowledged, like, he never interfered. He was never around too much. He was present, and he was always in the back of our minds, but he was never uh, too hands-on yeah. or too involved. And I think players like that, I know, man- I, I know managers hate being micromanaged. Yeah. And I, I think Kyle Davidson enjoys the freedom that he had under Rocky and seemingly will continue to have under Danny. Yeah, that's the sign of a good business owner, a business person, good owner. Hire people you trust and let them do their job. 
It's what That's you it. hire them for. We're very fortunate. It, it reminds me of the first conversations we had when we started here. Yeah. You know, Brendan Spano all hired us and said, you guys know the hockey. Do your Go thing. Go do your thing. We have, you know, never you, been, you, we have never been instructed to do anything no. here. The only time, like, we hear from him is when, you know, something really good is going on or if, if there's a change. In, but that's what good owners, good business people mm-hmm. do. You hire the best person qualified for the job. Not necessarily me in this case, but, you know, <laughs> you hire. Well, they weren't available, yeah, so we don't right, want that. Exactly. Yeah. I was the ninth choice. I get it. Not the first <laughs> time in my life I've been the ninth choice. But you hire people you trust and you let them do their thing. Yeah. And yeah, I don't, I don't, cause, come on, Rocky wasn't involved in the day to day operations of the Blackhawks. He had people to do that yeah. mm-hmm. for him. So yeah, I think the, the team is in good hands. And, you know, it, you could just tell the theme of the day today is, you know, he was not just the team owner, he was an approachable guy. Um, like I got to interview Rocky once when his book came out mm-hmm. uh, for one of the my previous uh, sites I worked for. They sent me a copy of the book. I read the book, got to interview him for a review, got to interview Tony Esposito, who did the foreword and talked to Rocky, was very generous with his time, wrote the review, wrote the article. And then the day after the article came out, I got an email from his secretary just to say, hey, Rocky read it, loved it great quotes you know yeah thanks for doing that very cool so i mean that's you know well that, that would to do that but you know that's the type of person we heard that many times today the the type extra, of person that was. extra step yeah, yeah just doing the and those types of things take very little time and they leave a lasting impression on people that then when you need something done that may be given a little extra you're right absolutely no problem Yep, you know, the what inspires people too? Yeah, it's so like a, ju- easy a small to do gesture that. like that means the world, and so easy to do that. It took five seconds out of his time. Yeah, but I still have that email saved. Yeah, nice. Well, uh, like, what's Pat, Pat Foley said too? When he, the, at, right after he was brought back, they ran into each other in a charity event, and Pat said, "Hey, you know how you doing? It's good to be back." And and Rocky said something along the lines of, "You're back where you belong," or something like that, and. And Pat said it took him five seconds, and I think about that two decades later. Yeah, how imp- how meaningful it was for him to say that's me and didn't have to do it. Yeah, well, and Brent Seabrook had the story too about when they were having the like Blackhawks team party uh, celebrating. I forget what Stanley Cup it was. Is that the clip? Yeah, um, we got the clip of it right now. Was this the clip? Yeah. Yep. Oh, then let's fire it up. Let's listen to it from Great Brent segue, Seabrook. Mario. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky didn't just treat his players and staff like family. He treated our own families like family. It reminds me of a story from when we won the Stanley Cup in 2010. Following the parade, we had a party for staff and players and our families. Rocky and Marilyn were there, and I wanted to take my family over to thank them. We walked over to say hello, and my mom said to them, this is the best birthday I've ever had. Rocky said to my mom, oh, it's your birthday. 10 minutes later, I turned around and there was a birthday cake from Rocky and everyone was singing happy birthday to my mom. On a day where Rocky should have been celebrating his accomplishments as the leader of the team, he instead put the spotlight on my mom. He brought my family into this wonderful family. We're all here to honor today. My mom talked about that birthday all the time. Oh, he's so good to see Seabrook. Yeah. yeah. Freaking love that dude, man. Nice to see him back. I mean, 
not this, you know, you hate that it's a situation like yeah. this, but it's good right. to see him still being active in the organization. I'd like to see him around more often. Yeah, me too. Um, but that's just one of the many stories we heard of Rocky's generosity and, and the thoughtfulness. Yeah. Right. And Marion Hosa had a, had a similar yeah, Hosa, story. Hosa was talking about how when he had dinner with Rocky to basically say like, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't play anymore. I need to, you know, be done playing because of the skin condition. They had dinner and Rocky talked about, you know, trading his contract and how Marion was not on board with that right away because he said of how important it was to him to finish his career as a Blackhawk. And, um, you know, Rocky explained it in a way that made Marion feel better about it by saying like, you'll always be a Blackhawk. And when, you know, your, your time to officially retire comes, you'll do it as a Blackhawk. And, you know, we all know that he signed the one day contract retired, uh, with the Blackhawks and, and Hosa spoke about how that was Rocky, you know, again, doing that gesture of being, of not just saying, well, you'll always be a Blackhawk, but actually following through and being like, no, like we're, we need to make this business decision, but it will be made right the way that you want it to be at the end of the, at the end of the day. Definitely. Yeah, it was very cool. And Hosa also mentioned how going to see like the distribution center for the Wurtz Liquor Company inspired him to start his food distribution company in Slovakia and said, what do you say, next month? They're opening like their, their warehouse. They're fully functional yeah. getting those pro- warehouse in Slovakia yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. The Hosa family, I think it's called Hosa Family Foods or something like that. So it inspired him to be post hockey more than just hockey. Yeah. Right? It's That's awesome. Very cool. We're going to take a short little break from our Remembering Rocky. Pay some bills, and we'll start with our friends at Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of All City and CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gear. We get tons of compliments on and off the golf course. They are a family-owned golf and apparel business. They make amazing polos. You can, if you're going to more on our Cog Hill golf outing coming up, but you'll be able to get uh, pins and aces polo with the uh, chgo logo all over it can't wait to get one of those yeah. along with their polos you can get hats golf beds bags and even our favorite beer slash beef sleeve an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers or four regulation sized italian beef sandwiches that's right right inside your golf bags keep keeping those drinks cold or the beefs round or uh, warm for the Warm-ish. entire round. Yeah, you know. Uh, check out pinsandaces.com. Use the promo code CHGO and receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Go check them out. Yep. And if you want to get out, uh, decked out in some licensed merch, spurch, spurch as we call it, spurts. go to foco.com. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around hoodies, shoes, Bobbleheads, signs, everything in between. It's baseball season. Get your Aloha hats, your straw hats, your polos, your bags, everything you need to hit up a game at Guaranteed Right Field or Wrigley Field. You could look around our set here and see the a lot of the bobbleheads and decor has been donated by our friends at Foco. So it's not just uh, shirts and jerseys and stuff like that. It's all kinds of swag for your man cave, your she shed, and everything in between. Check them out, foco.com, or click the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO to save 10% at foco.com. So the recurring theme we heard from everybody was um, 
you know, how genuine of a guy Rocky was and how nice of a guy Rocky was and how, you know, always had a smile on his face. And I think it's hard to, it's still hard for me, and I will speak for myself, to forget about that town hall meeting. And I think why it is so hard to forget is because at the time, it seemed incredibly out of character. And I think for a lot of the people that have been close to him for so long in the media or fans or even Danny, everyone was like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. It just it just struck so weird. And I, I still find myself, I'm, I don't, we don't need to rehash the whole thing. We've been through it a million times. But I just, I, it's, I, I always find myself thinking, what made him so upset in that moment? Because everything you hear from people about Rocky is positive. Everything is positive on the record, off the record. Everything is positive. Yeah. And there's that one blemish that I just can't shake. And I would love to know what it was that had him in that moment so upset and so angry and not knowing, not expecting that question to come up. I just can't get over it. Yeah. I'm over that it happened. Right. I, I, one mistake does not define a human being, of course. Right. But it's just... It seems from everything we heard today, from everything we've heard before and after that event, everything about Rocky has been positive except for this one moment. And I just, I wish I could get inside the head and figure out, damn, like, what was it that just fired him up so much in that moment? Yeah, I'm thinking there was, you know, feel, feelings of betrayal. You know, I don't think he, I, I believe when they say he didn't know, we know John McDonough right. didn't tell him a lot of things. Right. So I think there was betrayal, and obviously he was ready to move on. And, you know, it could have caught him in a bad day. Maybe he had a flat tire on the way in or it was snowing that day. Who knows? Yeah. We all have those moments. I've had moments where yeah. I snap at somebody and immediately I'm like, God, I shouldn't have done that. Like, and, of course, at that moment, it's on TV. It's everywhere. It was on TNT that night. It's like it's that moment you wish you can take back, yeah. but you, you can't unring a bell. Um, but as we've said numerous times, you know, and you just said that doesn't define his legacy. Um, just so much more positive that goes to it. And then today was a great reminder of all of that. You well, know, Darren Pang was kind of the host. He had yeah. the first, you know, this is a guy that hasn't worked for the Blackhawks in 30 something years. And he was very emotional throughout his different speeches during the day yeah. and so you could tell that just touched a lot of people i mean there's chris chelios up there yeah fighting back tears one of the toughest guys in the world mm-hmm. you know when you see a guy like that having to take a second to gather himself it says a lot yeah yeah and i think you know if what everything everyone says about rocky is true then you would imagine that the Kyle Beach situation would be humiliating for him for many reasons. It happened on his watch, and he didn't know, so that's embarrassing. It's also bring shame upon the organization that he loves so much and his whole life was basically defined by. Um, it's still unfortunate, but I guess when you look back on it that way, it's a little bit understandable when you are so invested and you're so like You think that we love the Blackhawks and the people in our chat love the Blackhawks? No one loves the Blackhawks like the Words family. It yeah. is a different kind of love. It is a different. It is a. They're synonymous with each other. So when his organization is made to look bad, especially on his watch, 
it's got to be embarrassing. And I think a lot of where that was coming from was embarrassment and shame. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I can completely uh, see how that that could be uh, part of the case. And, and yeah, I, I think, like you said, it's 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 not that if that had been expected, like, oh, there goes Rocky again. Exactly. Like if that if that had been the case, I think uh, you know it would it wouldn't have been as shocking. It wouldn't have been as um, you know like having to be talked about uh, constantly, constantly, constantly because it would have been like, well, what what did you expect? If it was Bill, that Ward, was if it was Bill, yeah, that said it, nobody would have. So that was it would have been a story. That was part of the yep, That was part is. of the fire to it was that it was just it's what made it not only in the moment but also who it was coming from and and. The way it was handled, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd like to believe that you know everyone's personal stories about him that were shared today. I'm sure were shared um, yesterday. Have been in 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 the time since he's passed are all you know ring ring true as much as possible and and are more fondly remembered than he's going to be remembered for that one moment. Yeah, look, we we in in our business and and sports business in general. You'll hear stuff about people off yeah. the record, behind the scenes. And you're like, all right. And you just kind of use it to inform what you think. I've never heard anyone say a bad word about Rocky. Never. Yeah. And for a team I've been covering for, what, 12 years now, 15 years, whatever it's been, I've never heard anyone say, you know, really behind the scenes, he's a tyrant. He's really a jerk. He's he's yelling at. I heard that about some other Blackhawks leadership back in the day. In that regime from the cup. There's a lot of yeah. stuff like that yeah. out there. Yeah. A lot of people. But yeah, it's, yeah, it but was never rocky. Never. rocky. Yeah. never. Yeah. So I think even as a, however you want to define us, fanalists, you know, we were a little bit shocked and disappointed by that too. So yeah. I think we've. I think this part of the Rocky thing we've we've discussed. I just, I just as we're talking about it, I. And as the event was going on, I kept thinking about it. Like, man, it just was so out of character. From yeah. what everyone says and everyone has said before and after, it just does not seem, I don't know. And I'm trying to put myself in that, in that place, and it's, it's tough. And, so, I, and I think the positive that can be pulled from that situation now as we've fast-forwarded from that moment to now is in, in that scenario – Danny was prepared to answer the questions, prepared to, you know, face that kind of, um, you know, face that story, uh, but just wasn't able to in that moment. So I think not saying should that a situation arise again, but just knowing that that's where he was at now as chairman of, you know, the, the Wurtz uh, Corporation and seemingly going to assume the same role as, as, as Rocky had it gives you a little bit more of like, okay, well, you can you can hope to trust somebody to react in a different way in that scenario. You can be like, well, that's he was willing to say something, but just wasn't allowed to. Yeah. So that is yeah, stiff arm kind of the, got Heisman yeah. by his, <laughs> by yeah. his own So father. that's kind of the that's kind <laughs> of the the positive takeaway from that situation now where Danny's sitting as in in his leadership role. Honestly, my only concern about Danny taking over is that he's not involved enough. Yeah. It's that he has too much to do yeah. and delegates too much. That's 
if that's my only fear about an owner, that's a that to me, that's a really good sign. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. most time you're like, tell that owner to get the frick back up there in right. his suite and yeah, shut we don't up need and Jerry Jones. let me do your thing. Yeah, let me do my no, thing. Do not need Jerry uh, Jones. I want to make sure, just based on what we know about Danny, in terms of not just on ice but off ice stuff. He's been really good with that stuff, and yeah. I hope it continues, and I hope that he does not get stretched too thin or he loses some focus on the Blackhawks. Look, I wonder what percentage of the of the Wirtz family money comes from the Hawks. I know it's not the most. No. No. I mean, you got the liquor, you got the real estate, you've got Darren Peng <laughs> joke it's, that Danny Wirtz said today. Boy, we should get in the event planning business. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. they should. No, it's, it's, def- it's probably a large slice of the pie, but... I don't think it's the biggest, but um, it's, I mean, it's the most, I think it's got, it, it what has, it's, it is what has the most spotlight on it, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's the most visible. Yeah. I mean, the liquor empire is ridiculous, but you don't see that. You don't right. know, you know, you don't, you don't get that every time you buy a bottle of vodka from a Vinny's shelf, it's going, some of that's going into the Wirtz right. family pocket. Right. Like, you can't buy any kind of spirits anywhere without them being involved somewhere, but mm-hmm. that's not visible. The Blackhawks are visible. Right. Um, but I think you know, we get on the subject of Danny, we get the, we get a better idea of who Rocky and, and Danny's mother were through Danny and how he is in interaction. We've both been lucky enough to have, you know, casual off the record conversations with Danny um, when we had that dinner the night before the draft, you guys were uh, at the other table, but I was at the table with Danny, and Danny listens to this show quite a bit, and he says, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, I heard you talking that you recently moved to Wilmette, and he asked me where I was because he grew up in that area. Yeah. He's like, you're like four blocks from my dad's house. I'm like, well, he must be on the Winnetka side of Lake Abu because they don't let me in in that part. I only drive a Toyota. I don't, I don't drive. I only drive a Toyota. They won't even let me cross the street. Uh, but you could just tell that there, there's there's a lot there. And I know it couldn't have been easy doing that yesterday and, and sitting there today. You know, as someone who I lost my own father, Christ, it's going to be 11 years this wow. September, and I can't believe it. And I always tell people, I didn't officially become a man until my dad died. Interesting. I was 34. Yeah, I was grown. I was an adult. But I didn't realize that, like, how much stuff your dad helps you with and takes care of things. I can't imagine. So, like, that's – and I talked to my uncle that night. And he was the same exact age when my grandfather died. And he says, yeah, I became a man the day I couldn't pick up the phone and call my dad for help anymore. So I know what he's going through. Yeah. It's the worst club to be a part of, yeah. you know, and it sucks. But, you know, I think he's got, you know, that, that solid foundation and that base and that example for him to yeah. carry on. Definitely. Um, comment from Ken. He says, were you surprised to hear Coach Q was at yesterday's service? No, no, not at no. all. Um, I, I think that you expect those people that have been so close for so many years yeah. uh, to show up. I know Kane and Taze were there yesterday, not there today. Ben, Connor Bedard was also there yesterday. Ben Pope said over 900 people were yeah. at the They even mentioned the service. Darren Pang even mentioned Corey Crawford was there yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's got to give the goalie some love. Of course. Um, of course, yeah. <laughs> today was, uh, today was Hosa, a- Seabrook, Keith, and Sharp were on stage. Yeah. We saw Brian Campbell, Denny Savard in the crowd. 
Chelio spoke. Luke Richardson was Luke there. Luke Richardson was there. Yeah, I mean this this yeah. was this was like we said before. This was the Blackhawks side of things. Yeah. The public facing side of things. Um, the 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 private service yesterday was was for, you know, it's not open to the media. Not you know yeah. things like that. So yeah, no, not surprised that yeah. Joe Quinville was there. He's still, as far as I know, he's still in Hinsdale, and wouldn't and, be surprised if the former GM was there too. Which I is, wouldn't be surprised either. But they yeah. were rightfully don't come to the public of they're allowed they're not in prison <laughs> yeah exactly I mean, like, but, like, but no they listen they were they had a good re- i'm sure quinville and rocky had a really good relationship yeah. while he was here there's no reason to believe otherwise um so yeah and, and the answer lebowski five uh what Greg is super rich no i am not super rich <laughs> uh i live on the poor side of wilmette um yeah I don't. I'm pretty sure. Ro- I'm pretty sure Rocky is in the. I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't think there was a poor side of Wilmette. Well, so. port for Wilmette standards. So, so you're still rich, is what we're saying. <laughs> we all work for the same company. We know the answer <laughs> to that question. <laughs> nobody, nobody gets into covering hockey to get rich. Yeah, yeah, no. I think you're officially fine. Is well, the I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fine. I, yeah, I, I have a big boy job. My girlfriend has a big girl job. We're we're making it work. Yeah. There you go. Like we all are, that's for sure. We're figuring it out. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. In our own ways. And awkward segue, you need to figure out how to join us at the CHGO Kickoff Classic. <laughs> Friday, August 25th at Cog Hill. Still can't believe that. Course number two presented by Pins and Aces, Cog Hill. And Greg the big living drive in, Wil- <laughs> in Wilmette is like us golfing at Cog Hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to give us some pointers on how to act uh, more highfalutin. Yeah. yeah. Well, I Pinkies up. Me. I go in the Whole Foods and people are like, "Are you lost? Do you need directions? Sure. You don't live here." <laughs> you and you and Ronnie Woo Woo today at the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the event. It's like, it's like that scene from Blues Brothers where they go to the fancy restaurant. <laughs> That's my life in Wilmette. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, come to Cock Hill. Put those pinkies up with another those. place. You'll feel out of place. At. <laughs> it's going to be a great time. Oh, uh, it is like I said, August twenty fifth, nine a.m. Cock Hill Course Number Two. Individual, twosome, foursome, whatever you want. You can do it. Your entry fee gives you 18 holes with the cart. Uh, that exclusive Pins and Aces tea gift, the polo Greg was talking about, the Pins and Aces and CHGO polo. Hole contest, giveaways, all sorts of awards, things like that. Lunch, drinks, and a ceremony after the round. Join us, allchgo.com. Go to that events tab on the top of the page there. Navigate over, and you will see CHGO Kickoff Classic right at the top. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, my dad's going to play in the in the outing. Is your brother playing? Um, yes. My uh, my <laughs> friend, who is not my brother, yes, he is. Uh, my, be- my, my best buddy, he's going to be playing. We'll hear and him coming from three three holes away. Well, <laughs> you ever see yeah. Dirty Work? And uh, No, we've gone over oh. this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I, we, we joked about it because when we, we signed up the, the foursome and everything, uh, he was just like, you're going to have to explain to everybody that we're not actually related because it's me and my dad and him and his and my buddy and his mom are going to play. And so I'm telling telling everybody right now, everyone pay attention. We are not related. We are not brothers. These are not our parents. <laughs> These sure. are not our joined parents. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, we're, we're going to play. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, looking forward to it. Just deny, we don't even deny, look deny. alike. He's got, like, red hair. It's the beard. Aside from that, yeah, but we're not related. Yeah, well, I don't have as manly of a beard as you. You guys have the same man. beard. The same beard. You yeah. have identical beards. So I will say that. I will. I will say this though. I had the beard first. See, of so. course. Congratulations. Tell him that Cog Hill does not allow facial hair, and he has to shave. <laughs> uh, nah. 
That's not worth it. No. I don't know if I can handle Mario without a beard. You could. You all saw me without a beard, and it's not great. <laughs> you couldn't. I would. Was... Uh, I'd immediately be 16 again. <laughs> yeah. So. If you're 16, you can't drink Goose Island. No, you can't. Not. Uh, not in the U.S. at least. Uh, yeah, Goose Island. Hey, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of Goose Island uh, before, during, and after uh, the golf. Uh, the golfing out at Cog Hill. On the 25th, and uh, hey, anytime you want a delicious beer, reach for a Goose Island. They are uh, Chicago's beer and have been since 1988. They are also the proud beer sponsor of us here at CHGO, and they offer so many beers. Uh, you got the Goose IPA, the six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest, which is always in style with its citrus aroma and bold hop finish. You got the uh, Beer Hug, Tropical Beer Hug which is a dry hopped Imperial IPA, which is a 9.9 ABV that is dangerously easy to drink. You got the full pocket pills, the everyday beer, what the Goose Island beer brewers are drinking. Of course, you got the golden cans of 312, the wheat ale, the staple of their lineup. And of course, uh, you have to check out Goose Island's 2023 Bourbon County brand family of ales, Bourbon County Stout. They just released them. Uh, coming out uh, is going to be great for when the weather turns a little colder, the leaves change, it becomes hockey and football season. Uh, you're going to definitely want to check out the 2023 Bourbon County brands uh, coming from Goose Island. And you can do those at their two Chicago locations. You can grab Ultra Fresh Brewery exclusive beers at the Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or you can go to their tap room here in our neck of the woods on Fulton Street in Westtown. Again, that's the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Right, we've got a few minutes left of the show, and typically Wednesday is our Around the League show. Uh, so a little bit of league news. I know you want to mention something about Eric Carlson. Uh, but first, our friends, the Arizona Coyotes, sent out a release this morning <laughs> confirming <sighs> that they've executed a letter of intent to purchase a parcel of land located in Mesa, Arizona <laughs> to be the potential site for a sports arena and entertainment district for the club. So they wrote a letter. The best part about the letter, though, <laughs> is this quote from someone. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Our incredibly loyal and passionate fan base is extremely excited about our team and the incredible additions we've made this summer, including Matt Dumba, Jason Zucker, Alex Kerfoot, Nick Bugstad, Troy Stetcher, Sean Dursey, and the top prospect in the world, Logan Cooley. Mm, yes. Uh, what? <laughs> Maybe pump the brakes there, Arizona Coyote PR yeah. intern. So I think that means if, uh, if Kyle from Chicago makes a call to uh, Arizona and says, Connor Bedard for Logan Cooley, they're going to say no? I guess they'd have to. I guess to. so. You All don't right. want to give up the best uh, prospect in the world. Logan Cooley wasn't even the top prospect <laughs> in his draft. He was taken third. <laughs> nothing, uh, no, no, nothing against Logan Cooley, but come on. Yeah, come on. It's, yeah, it's the top <laughs> prospect in their world. There's a, their there, world. There was a lot in that release that you could just <laughs> chuckle at. It's and well, and there's like, oh, and they're like everyone's Everyone's very excited about these new additions of players that won't be here when we maybe build this arena. Yeah, <laughs> and when exactly. they answer our letter, if we actually could buy the land. Yeah, buy that, yeah. even no. if let's just let's just play pretend and say that Connor Bedard. Well, maybe Connor Bedard's not a prospect because we all know he's making the NHL. We all know he's going to be good. I mean, he's, he's Logan Cooley still, if you take Connor Bedard out of the equation, I still don't have Logan Cooley as the top prospect no, in the world. I don't. Fantilli, Carlson's over him to me. He's, I think he's a best He's second. probably top five. 
Top five is right. Yeah, I'd say top top five um, of 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 players who haven't played in the NHL yet, but have been drafted. I'd say he's top five. Let's see: Bedard, Korchinski, Nazar, (laughs) Renzel, Savoie. Cooley. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that you you That'll work. Marcel, Marcel. Oh, yeah, Marcel, Marcel. Marcel, Marcel, of course. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, – look, I check out all the things that PHNX is, is putting out there about the new developments with the Coyotes. Um, I was I was just thinking about it today because I, I saw that information this morning that, uh, you know, things were in motion of a new land site. And I'm just like – I just for, – for their sake, for our colleagues' sake, I want them to – have the team there and not have to worry about this anymore and i also just want to not hear about this anymore yeah just like play freaking coyotes hockey. i want you i want to care about you for what you're doing as a hockey team and not what you're doing as a sideshow trying to figure out if you can stay in arizona you know what i would love from the coyotes to hate them as an opponent yeah, yeah. exactly like that would be great 2012 yes. yes yeah that would be much better than than Worrying about them and maybe hold off on the press release to you've actually secured the land and start the building. That too. We have printed a letter of intent and intend yes. to sign yeah. it. Yes. We Rock. just can't find our pen. Yes. We need to get a stamp. <laughs> Does anyone have we'll get the it right in the fax mailbox. number we yeah. need? <laughs> and maybe, then, uh, yeah. sorry, we're still laughing at the coyotes, or do you want to? No, no, we're good. No, we're we got, we we got all season to do this. that. Yeah. We're good. Yeah, you, you noticed, you picked up a little Easter egg yesterday. Yeah, there was a, an article. Uh, I have it here. I want to credit, credit the right person and not just say I'm making this up. Uh, it came from David Alter. There you go. Uh, who is a hockey uh, writer for Sports uh, Sports Illustrated and the Hockey News. Um, and he had a quote uh, from Kyle Dubas about the Eric Carlson trade, saying it was a fairly lengthy process that goes back to my previous employment. Kyle Dubas admitted, uh, revealed an, uh, his pursuit of Eric Carlson while he was the general manager for the Maple Leafs. And I'm just like, okay, so... Did you make this trade to actually make your team better or just to prove that you can get these things done? And it goes back to that thing that I said a couple of weeks ago. Is he filling his roster or is he building, building a team? Because yep. if Eric Carlson was a great fit in Toronto, is he still that great fit in Pittsburgh, vice versa? Or are you just trying to get a fantasy team roster out there and get big names to make it look like you're doing something but probably not going to get the return you're hoping yeah. for like that's yep. when you when you target a guy for one team and then you get him immediately when you're on your other team it it, 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 it wasn't a t- it's not it's nothing about being a team fit it's about I like want, you said i want i want to land eric carlson especially yeah. a guy like carlson Right. If you if if the guy you are obsessively pursuing is Patrice Bergeron or Prime Jonathan Taves, like a guy that's going to help every team in the league mm-hmm. that does everything, like a do it all kind of a guy, or like we talked about yesterday, like Nicholas Lidstrom, yeah, that could do everything. Yeah, it doesn't matter who he's playing with or around. Yes, you're, if you're better pursuing a guy like that. That's going to work anywhere. But a guy like Eric Carlson brings a very specific tool set. Yeah. And it's the last thing the Leafs needed was another guy who can't defend that can score. And you kind of have an Eric Carlson-like player already in Pittsburgh and Chris Letang. Yes. They kind of do the same thing. Now, Letang is much better defensively. Yeah, he's a little bit better defensively. But they're kind of cut out of the same cloth. I don't know. As we talked about it on Monday, I just don't. 
think the acquisition of Eric Carlson to the Penguins moves the needle that far as some people think it does. Yeah, I think a lot of people see the names and get enamored with, oh, Crosby and Malkin and Latang yeah. and Carol Carlson are all on the same really team. Really cool on your fantasy draft. It's not 2016, though. Yeah. You know? So I, I just, yeah. it's uh, It'll be interesting to see. You guys ever do, uh, like, a franchise mode in NHL 23 and you do the fantasy draft? Yeah. Notice when you get to, like, your fourth or fifth pick, how many really good players are still on the board, and they're all, like, 35? Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like the Penguins are doing. They're like, oh, uh, Eric Carlson's still available. Yoink, got him. And then a year later, you're like, crap, I have no young players, and all my money's gone. It reminds me of what we talked about just a few minutes ago, bringing in Doug Gilmore and yep. Marty LaPointe and all these guys when they're yeah. on the wrong side of 35. Now, granted, Eric Carlson is coming off a, a ridiculous a season, historic season, anomaly season. Yes, I saw. I saw. And he's not going to do that again this year. I, I think it was the NHL's Twitter account put out a tweet that said like, "There's four. It was like a like a NHL stats or something like that. And it was, uh, can Eric Carlson repeat what he did last season? Oh, you mean the thing that no one had done for thirty years? Yeah, I think definitely. Yeah, so. he'll definitely yeah. put up a hundred points as a defenseman he's again one next of what, year. Four defensemen to ever do it. Yeah, Bobby Orr. Brian Leach, I think five, because Paul Coffey and yeah. uh, Dennis, Dennis Potvin is in there, too. Yep. That's it. That's the list of defensemen. And, and the last person to do it before Carlson was Leach in 1992. Yeah. At so, 36. Yes. So, he'll, no, he'll definitely he won't do, do it, it again. again. The fact that he did it last year <laughs> probably had a less than 1% chance of happening. Why do you think the Sharks were like, okay, good time to trade him. Yep, yeah, let's go. Right. Yeah. All right, exactly. value's high. Let's get rid of this guy. They, it, they would have loved to trade him two years ago. And I don't want to bag on Eric Carlson. Like, he is a Hall of Famer. He is a great hockey player. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. There are very few guys that can do specifically what he does as well as he does it. And this is, see, this, this is, I hate this. Another thing I hate about the salary cap is it reduces players to their cap hit. Yeah. Yeah. And it happened to Brent Seabrook. It, ha- it happens to everybody. Seth Jones. And you forget how good a player is just because the contract is no longer desirable. Eric Carlson's a great player, don't get me wrong, but your point of you're not building a fantasy team, that never works. Ask the New York Mets. Yeah. How's that fantasy team going for you? the San Diego Padres. Yeah, it's just it doesn't work that way, especially in a team sport like hockey or football. It just doesn't work that way. You have to fill the holes with the pieces you need. Build a team, not fill a roster. And that's, you know, we all love what Kyle Davidson's done, but to me – that's one of the final two tests he has. How does he do when it is time to go get a key free agent? And how does he fill out a roster, right? Because we talked about it with Chris Peters yesterday. By the way, if you missed that awesome episode, tons of great stuff from Chris Peters, but they've got a lot of center depth, but it's all small center depths. Mm-hmm. So how is he going to fill those needs? And you saw it this year later in the draft, Marcel Marcel and that other large man, Oscar Isaacson, Milton, Milton, Isaac Milton, Milton Oscarson. Oscar, Oscar yeah. Isaac is uh, uh, Poe Dameron. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar Milton Oscarson. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and Martin, uh, Martin Maziak as well he's is, got some, is, size, got too, some yeah. size, plays yeah. down the middle. Yeah. There, I, I think I have faith that Kyle Davis, well, we've seen Kyle Davidson be able to put together a roster. I have faith that he has the vision of what he wants to build when it comes to the team. Um, it's just not there yet. So. It'll be a, it'll be a good test, but I, I, am confident that his vision can come to fruition. All right, 
I know we have a couple mailbags left from yesterday. Before we do that, I we just have wanna, a super I chat wanna, too. I, I want to give a shout out our guy J- Jamie Pierce, our one resident and one and only yeah. Falconer uh, of the group. Uh, it's his birthday today. Hey. hey guys, it's my birthday today. Probably one of the most significant dates in NHL history. Who knows why? Uh, of <laughs> course, it is the 35th anniversary of the big uh, Wayne Gretzky to the yeah. Kings trade uh, that happened on this date back in 1988. Uh, that was the Kings getting Wayne Gretzky. Perhaps you've heard of him. Marty McSorley and Mike Krushelneski. And Edmonton got Jimmy Carson, Martin Genelas, and three first-round picks. Uh, and then, what, $15 million? $15 million cash? in cash, I believe Those first-round picks were all completely wasted. They, they drafted Jason Rough. Miller. Yes. Marin Rusinski. Sure. And Nick Stadjuhar. Sure. Is that Casey's dad? No, there's a G, there's a J in there. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, there's a J. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah that uh, that uh, didn't turn out well for the Oilers. No, not. I mean, they still and they still on all three of those picks makes that trade look so much worse. It does. They still want to cup Sands Gretzky, but in '90, yeah, yeah. Go watch that thirty for thirty called the King's Ransom about the Gretzky trade. Yeah. It's great. And like his wedding to Janet Jones was like a royal wedding in Canada. Yeah. There is like a national televised event, which is, it was cool. It's a very cool uh, documentary to watch. All right. We're not going to have time for the mailbags. We'll get to them tomorrow, but I do want to acknowledge your mailbags to Thursday. Seriously. Wow. Beautiful. Good week. Uh, young Dangle guy with a $5 super chest says fun question. Uh, what's your favorite NHL call of all time? Mine is Gary Thorns off the floor on the board for Paul Correa. Boy, favorite NHL call of all time. For the third time in six seasons, the Chicago Blackhawks have won the Stanley Cup. Good night, everybody. That sounds right That's, to me. Yeah, that works I, right. I, I'm a big fan of John Weidemann's. It's in the net. It's in the net. Yeah. The Chicago Blackhawks have won the Stanley Cup yeah. when Patrick Kane was the only person in the building that knew he had scored. That was a, That's a pretty good call. Yeah. I'll take either of those. They sound great. That works. Yes. You got one? No, I can't think of anything. Nothing? Bannerman is always fun. Even though sure. I never actually watched Paul Murray Bannerman play, uh, I was too young. But those calls are pretty great. How about the uh, Karpatsev rant? That wasn't a call. <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, it wasn't a call. It happened a during call. a game. He made a call. <laughs> and, and he's dead now, so it, it kind of tarnishes that a little bit. Yeah, sure. But that is one of that is That's the greatest hockey rant of all time. Uh, the fact that Karpatsev is dead does not change the fact that he was a bum-ass hockey player. Absolutely not. As, <laughs> as Voltaire once said, the, uh, the living earn your, earn your respect, the dead deserve the truth. <laughs> there you go. How about, uh, who is it, Buffalo's announcer that does the, he beat him like a redhead goalie, is that? That's Pittsburgh. Is that Pittsburgh? Or, uh, I, I don't know. So. I hate, hate gimmick calls. Mm. Hate it. Hate it. Just call the game, sir. Yeah. So not he shoots, that. he scores is different than like some big rehearsed. Yeah, react to the moment. Don't give me your your bit. Yes. Yeah, I yes. agree. Gary yeah, Thorne. Stretch, I wish stretch. Gary Thorne could come I back. I love Gary, Gary Thorne. was the voice of the NHL in my childhood. I was watching last night. Uh, NHL Network had the cup-clinching game from 2000. Mm-hmm. Devils and uh, Stars. Jason Arnett. And, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Gary Thorne was on the call. Man, it brought back so many, me- so mm-hmm. many great memories. Loved- I was hoping when uh, yes. NHL went back to ESPN, yeah. they'd, they'd find a way to bring Gary Thorne in for. He's doing. Once uh, a week. He's still doing baseball, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah, he was the Orioles guy for a while. Maybe they. Uh, he's seventy-five years old. I'm not sure he's up for. Uh, 
Uh, just a once a week, yeah. once a month. That'd be nice. year olds running this country. Th- yeah, he could be president and call, yeah. call a hockey game. I mean, still, I'm going to see sure. Bruce Springsteen tonight. He's 73 and going to put on a three-hour It's concert. referring Gary to Thorne Gary Thorne as past tense as the Orioles announcer. Yeah, I don't think he's there anymore. He was there for um, a long time. He was there for a while. Maybe maybe he said they lost to the Tampa Ray Rays and yeah. got fired, too. <laughs> Jesus, that was weird. Uh, okay, how about, uh, how about La, 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 La Fontaine? Does that, uh, does that work anything for you? an affinity for the Buffalo calls, don't you? NHL 90. We have uh, we have our our guys in the chat mentioning the Pat Foley uh, the weenie the weenie weenie was great. You know what though? That's a good one. Lord Hosa has a great one. Taves overtime winner against the Blues. Mm. It was pure. It was Taves to win the game, and there's a pause. Hawks win. It was a great call. It was an all-time Pat Foley call. That's a great answer, Lord Hosa. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Anything from Pat Foley, you're going to not find any argument from me. Yeah, because Pat Foley lived in the moment. It was all organic. It wasn't, I can't wait to use this line. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. sure, they found time for the tree, turdy trees and the soft serve ice cream and all that nonsense. Sure, there were bits. But the calls were legit in the moment. You can't manufacture that. Exactly. All right, we're going to manufacture another entertaining show tomorrow. No, no promises. Uh, reminder, we are on an hour early tomorrow. We're going to be on at 1 p.m. Central Time. Make sure you uh, set a reminder so you know to join us. We'll have it all on our social medias as well. But 1 p.m. start for CHGO Blackhawks tomorrow. Um, want to thank Lawrence for running the show. Scrambled to get those uh, two videos together with maybe 10 minutes to go before the show. So we appreciate that. We yeah, appreciate the Blackhawks gotcha. for allowing us use of those videos. Uh, go check out the whole thing on the Blackhawks YouTube page. You can watch the entire ceremony start to finish there. Yep. And we'll talk to you tomorrow at 1 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.